Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook, and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tip to share on our very own Boom Bang Oh My Gosh Wow podcast, which you will find along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. Right now, I am thrilled to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Susan Hamilton, and her winning book is titled The Devil Inside. Susan is the award-winning author of epic, dark, and urban fantasy books, including Shadow King, Dark Star Rising, The Devil Inside, and Stoneheart, which is coming soon. Her short stories have been featured in the Escape, Deception, and Passageways anthologies from Writing Block. Her new short story, Pearls and Swine, did release in April of 2022 as part of the Family Anthology. Horse crazy since she was a little girl, she pretty much adores every furry creature on the planet, except spiders, me too. She also loves comfy jeans, pizza, and great stand-up comedy. She lives near Boston with her husband and misses her cat terribly, and I'm happy to share her with you, so welcome to the network, Susan. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here today. I'm happy you're here too, and I'm sorry to hear about your little cat. Oh, me too. She was... She was... 19, so she was a, our, our little old lady. Oh, I have 13 cats, believe it or not. Holy cow. Yes, they all found me. I was extremely allergic when I was young. Well, as far as I know, up until this little one showed up on my deck and this feral mom just kept dropping babies off and I kept trying to catch her. And finally, after about 10 cats later, I finally got her taken care of. And then someone who listens to my radio show told me about two more, so... I have 13, so I would be terribly sad without either one of them. So I appreciate what you're going through. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So if you need to borrow any, you, I'll lend a few <laughs> I'll lend a few to you. <laughs> All righty. Well, listen, congratulations on the book win. I was excited to share that with you. Oh, I was very happy to hear the news. Uh, it's always nice to, to get some recognition for the work you put into a book. It's very true. In your bio, I just touched on some of the work that you do as a writer, but maybe just step back for a moment and just tell us a little bit more about who you are, which then might help explain some of the writings that you do. Sure. Um, from a writing perspective, I started writing when I was little. Um, I'm also a horse lover. So a lot of my early stories were, of course, about ponies, which is a very popular topic for little girls, I think. Um I took a bit of a hiatus and then got back into fiction writing in college when a, a professor challenged our class to do a creative assignment as opposed to kind of the standard research paper or essay that you, you tend to do in academia. Um, and I got back into it at that point. From a professional standpoint, um, I am a corporate communications manager, so I do a lot of employee communications. So I write in my day job and I write in my spare time. Um, so I've always really welcomed words as, as part of who I am. Writing day and night, it's obviously quite a bit different writing that you do in the evening than you do during the day. Yes. <laughs> All righty. Well, maybe then give us a peek into the book, The Devil Inside. Sure. Uh, the Devil Inside is 
I would call it dark fantasy with a very, very healthy dose of paranormal romance in it. Um, the story centers on an ambitious devil who is dead set on becoming Hell's number one sales and acquisitions agent. And she starts an illicit affair with a, a disgruntled angel who's stuck, uh, stuck in his job with a boss he, he really doesn't care for. But when one of her biggest rivals in hell figures out that she's having this little adventure on the side, he realizes there might be a new way for him to bring down the competition and get the number one spot for himself. So there are a few power moves that happen, and Mara, the main character, has to make a couple drastic decisions, which end up um, potentially making all hell break loose. I don't know why, but as you're saying this to me, I'm thinking of the parallels perhaps between your your day work and wondering if any of that was pulled from reality. Not a ton. I have been very fortunate <laughs> that um, I have not had very many uh, difficult jobs in my career, um, but I have had friends who have, um, so there are definitely a few hints of the the not-so-fun parts of, of corporate America in my version of corporate hell. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, I wonder if she had a job from hell sometime and kind of snuck that into this book. Uh, very early in my career, I'll have to say, I did, I did have that one job that I think everybody has at some point in their career where it just becomes the litmus test that of, of what a really terrible job is. <laughs> um, and then you kind of measure every other job you have against that. And as long as it's not worse than that, you're doing okay. <laughs> that is so true. So, I mean, you could write anything. Why do you pick these particular genres? Um, mostly I have stayed in the fantasy area, um, with one exception. I will get to that in one second. I always loved reading fantasy as a kid. So that kind of dovetailed into enjoying writing it. I've always really liked the idea that, and although it involves, can involve some pretty sophisticated world building, depending how deeply you get into fantasy, I've always liked the idea that I can make the world be whatever I want. So if I want two purple moons in my world, then I can write a world that has that. Um, I will say uh, my most recent book, which will be coming out in hopefully August, uh, Stoneheart, is a, a complete departure to that, and it's actually women's fiction. So um, I've there's there's nary a, a dragon, elf, or uh, devil or angel in sight in that one. And it's been a really interesting adventure to kind of flex and, and write outside what I would consider my comfort zone. Wow, what prompted you to do that? Well, I think it was a story I kind of had rattling around in my head, and I was like, oh, that, that might be interesting to do one of these days. So I took a few notes and, and worked on it a little bit and played around with it and said, you know, I like it, but, you know, not right now. And then when I finished up with The Devil Inside, I was looking for a new project to work on. And I personally, I struggle a little bit when it comes to writing follow-up books. So I had a few ideas, and I, I still have them, um, for a follow-up to The Devil Inside, but I haven't really committed them to a, a formal manuscript yet. But I wasn't quite ready to write that either. 
I was like, well, what else do I kind of have in my stash of other projects that might be interesting? And I read through everything I had done for Stoneheart, and for some reason it just started to spark a whole bunch of ideas. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, apparently this is the project I need to work on now. <laughs> it was the time, wasn't it? Yep. Oh, yeah, I find that if I, if I try and force myself to write something mm-hmm. and I'm not ready to write it, it, I tend to get very frustrated and very blocked. So I have learned that if I'm if I don't get really excited about it right out of the gate, maybe it needs to to sit and marinate for a little bit before I'm ready to work on it. Oh, I get that. I, it's like anything else. If you feel passionate about something, it's easy to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. The short story "Pearls and Swine" that released already. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes, that came out in April. That is, um, it's dark fantasy, and it is um, about a young orphan girl who is who is on the gallows uh, for stealing some some food and a little bit of cloth from a very wealthy merchant woman, and she is given the chance by one of the priestesses of the goddess of death to be spared. But absolution comes at a price. If she decides not to accept her fate and hang for her crimes, she will be serving the death goddess for the rest of her life. I'm always fascinated by what must go on in an author's head for for all of these thoughts to come together. (laughs) Um, I I don't know if I have a a perfect answer (laughs) to that. I think for me is for me writing is very much based on the characters I think of and then I think about what they might do in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um I know for for some people um having a plot and a story is the most important thing to start with for their creative process uh and then they they create the characters who fit into that world. For me I kind of do it the opposite way and there's of course no right or wrong way to do it. It's just whatever works for you. But um, I had come up with actually the the idea for the the death priestess originally, and and who she was and and how she would move through the world. And then I kind of asked myself, well, how would one actually become one of these priestesses? And I thought it would be really interesting if people who were condemned for a crime had a way to get that kind of absolution, but maybe as a, a callback to my whole idea of corporate hell, I can't imagine that any goddess of death would be a really easy manager to work for. Mm-hmm. And would you really want that job? <laughs> Do you enjoy writing the short stories more so than the full-length novel? I think I like the full-length novels a little better. I actually used to be very reluctant to write short stories because, of course, writing short is very hard. Um, You have to be so much more focused with your words and your intent to get the story across in a limited amount of time. Um, But what I did is I actually started doing, it's a series of flash fiction competitions. It's called the NYC Midnight Challenge. And they do a couple different ones throughout the year. There's one that's, I think, you're challenged to write a 1,000-word story, 
one where you're challenged to write a 250-word story and one where you're challenged to write a 100-word story and you only have between 24 and 48 hours to do it. Mm. And they give you your genre, um, an action that has to take place, and be, with the word limits, the, the requirements are slightly different between each one, but generally it's they give you the genre, they give you an action that has to happen in the story, and a specific word that needs to appear there. And then you they set you loose, and 24 to 48 hours later you have to turn something in. Oh. And it's a little terrifying. Oh. <laughs> but I really, after I got through the first one, which was um, tremendously anxiety-producing because I was just, I think my first assignment was action-adventure and I only had 250 words to do it. And I was like, how on earth do you <laughs> represent action-adventure in that? And I, but when I was done, I was really... It wasn't perfect what I turned in. It's also a good way for you to to learn to, to let go of perfection. Because you can strive for it, but when you've only got 24 hours to do something, eventually you just need to turn it in. Um, but it was really interesting to be forced, willingly forced, into trying new genres that I hadn't tried and, and having to write short. And I've been doing them for a couple of years now, and it's been really an invigorating exercise and made me look at my own writing differently. And I've done everything from romantic comedy to fantasy to action adventure. I even was assigned political satire once, and I have realized that um, political satire is not my jam. <laughs> and I think I achieved the level of lukewarm political comedy. <laughs> But I was still really happy that I did it. Mm-hmm. It was like I, I never would have tried that genre if not for this competition. So if nothing else, I learned that I don't really like that one, mm-hmm. just from a personal point of view. Um, and it gives me a lot of appreciation for people who can write it well. Oh, wow. I love this. It gave me a, a, a little sense of anxiety just hearing you explain that. I was you know, <laughs> putting myself in that situation thinking, oh, my gosh. I don't know. How would you even structure that? You just sit there and look at the blank page and wonder. And then you said just to drop that notion of perfection. And I think that's what plagues everybody or probably what should plague people. But then you've got to realize that at some point you have to let that go. And how do you do that? It, it is hard. Um, I, I think it's uh, a friend of mine uses the phrase progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. And I try to look at these particular competitions as as progress as a writer for me. So with each one I do, I try and do it a little bit better and learn from it as opposed to looking at it like this, this has to be the most perfect hundred words I've ever written. Mm. It's like it needs to be the best possible hundred words I can write in 24 hours. Right. And then if two days later, if I want to go back and tinker with it more and try to make it more perfect, I can. I certainly have that option. Mm-hmm. But... Let's just give it a roll. I actually um, talked to a friend of mine who was getting started in writing into doing them with me once, and I told her, I said, you're going to get into it, and this was the full 48-hour one, and I said, you're going to get into it. I said, in about hour 24, <laughs> I said, you're going to call me some terrible names. <laughs> I said, then, but you're, you're going to, when you turn it in, you're going to be really happy that you 
accomplished what you set out to do. And she said the exact same thing about 36 hours, and she emailed me. She said, yeah, I started calling your names. <laughs> but she was very excited about that, and actually her first short story also came out in the the family anthology as well. So it, it helped prompt her in her writing journey. Oh, wow. This has been a bonus surprise conversation. Thank you. I think this is really going to inspire any author who is tuning into this. Oh, good. I hope so. I, I really have enjoyed them. Like I said, they're, they can be very frustrating and they can be a little scary to do, but, but I've certainly gotten a lot out of them. Mm-hmm. No, I could see that. I, I mean, forcing yourself to step out of your comfort zone, especially within the confines of, of what you are passionate about, which is writing, the outcome could only be good. I agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, let's step backwards a bit. You talked about um, how you come up with the characters first and then that kind of drives the plot. So then what happens to your characters? You initially create them. Do they take off and go in directions that you would never have fathomed? Uh, Sometimes they do a little bit. Um, I've never had anybody totally, any character totally change the, the outcome of a book. But I've had some that have definitely drastically changed their roles within it. Um, in one of my earlier books, Shadow King, I had one of my main character's um, closest confidants ended up. He started out as a confidant who, who was a little rough around the edges um, and probably, I would say, a little morally questionable at times. And by the end of the book, he had turned into the villain. Because the more I wrote him, the more it just made sense that he ended up being my main character's nemesis. So let's talk about your uh, cover as well, because that's quite a striking piece of artwork. Where did that come from? Uh, that actually was the creation of, of my friend Charlene McGuire, who is an, an artist um, and writer. And we actually worked together at a, at a day job several years ago. Um, she was a graphic designer in the advertising department, and we got to know each other, and we stayed friends. And when I started um, having the opportunity to have some books come out um, and published, I went to her first as a as a source for doing my cover art, and we um, we've got a, I think a really great working relationship because she she knows the style I like, but she also brings some very very unique and interesting angles when I give her ideas, and she's also very very patient with my seemingly endless tweaks of what if the color was a little more like this? Or what if it was a little more like that? Um, I'm sure I make her a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> but she's done some lovely, lovely work. Oh, that's awesome. Does she do all your covers? Um, She has done all of my novel covers. Okay. The anthologies done by Writing Block, they have a, a designer who works on those. Right. But Charlene has done uh, Dark Star, Shadow King, Devil Inside, and she did the cover for Stoneheart, which I'll hopefully be able to share probably sometime next month with everybody. Excellent. Excellent. I look forward to that. So what's the feedback been on your uh, your book, The Devil Inside? 
I, it's been quite good. I've gotten several um, very good reviews on on Amazon for it. Midwest Book Review gave me a lovely review that said, uh, called it a fine story that juxtaposes not only issues of good and evil, but affairs of love and the soul. The mm-hmm. Devil Inside will provide delightfully fun and intriguing for those who enjoy interplays between good, evil, and the forces that lie between them. That makes you feel so good. It does. And I got one on Amazon that totally made me laugh. <laughs> there it is. Uh, this, uh, this person gave it a five-star review and said, This book is absolutely absurd, and I love Susan K. Hamilton for having the irreverence to make it a reality. Ooh. Um, I read somewhere, The Devil Inside is like the movie Office Space, but in hell. <laughs> I would add a little Romeo and Juliet in there because Mara, a dyed-in-the-wool closer for Satan, a la Glengarry Glen Ross, falls in love with a literal heavenly angel. It's Mary Tyler Moore set in the fiery abyss of eternal suffering, and Dullahan thinks she can have it all. Oh. oh. Don't you love how some people write these reviews? They're just so poetic. I loved it, and I just, I love the, having the irreverence to make yeah, it a reality. Exactly. This book is absurd. <laughs> it totally made me laugh. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad that. they enjoyed it so much. Oh, th- that's just the icing on the cake, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, because I, I, you don't write for other people, I don't think. You know, I think you write for yourself, but when other people mm-hmm. appreciate it, it's like, yes. oh, wow, I'm good. Yes. Yeah, no, it's always nice to see when people enjoy it. And and you need to, as a writer, be okay with the idea that some people won't like it. Mm. I mean, we'd all like every single person to love what we do. But I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. You know, the same way you might look at a couple pieces of art and you might look at a Jackson Pollock and a Rembrandt. And... They're two very different styles, and one of them just might not speak to you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean the artist is any less of a master. Right. It just means it's a creative thing, and sometimes what you like creatively is not what other people like. It doesn't mean you're a bad writer or a bad artist because someone doesn't like your what you've produced. It just means, like I said, you're not their cup of tea. Nope, that's true. It doesn't warrant a bad review, though, so that's what's kind of kind of interesting as well sometimes just as you're saying someone will leave a review like that it clearly wasn't their cup of tea it's like okay just put the book down and you know pick up another one but there's no need to leave a snarky review right and so what about your um you you write for anthologies that's kind of fun to be a part of a collection yeah, uh, Writing Block is um, an, an indie writer group. They have um, a website, a Facebook group. They do a, a podcast, which has some, some wonderful, wonderful material on it. Um, and they have a small publishing arm um, that features uh, indie author voices. They do probably two or three books a year and a couple anthologies. Uh, they're actually the ones who are going to be putting out Stoneheart. One thing I have really enjoyed about where it, it's a great group of people. They're very supportive, um, very engaged with each other. And I like the idea they've had for their anthology. A lot of the anthologies have a thematic element to it. So, for instance, for family, every short story within that 
particular book has the author's interpretation of what family means or it represents. Um, I think what's the description they have, it's, you know, families come in all shapes and sizes. There's blended, same-sex parented, your chosen family. Um, and as they put it, uh, some families are estranged, strained, and some are just merely strange. Um, <laughs> but we all have some version of a family. So the stories are a very interesting and eclectic representation of what that might mean to people. Mm-hmm. And it was the same with deception and escape. Mm-hmm. So deception, all the stories are about the idea of lies, betrayal, deception, sleight of hand. And escape is all about the idea of either escaping or escapism or something like that. And it's, it's I think it's a great way to get some really unique views mm-hmm. on a similar subject that, that kind of thematically ties the whole book together. Right, right. I love how an artist, yourself as an author, that you feel free to step out of your comfort zone and try all of these different ways to write and formats. I just think that is just an indication of somebody who's always growing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I... I, yeah, I think it is good to try stuff outside your comfort zone, and I'll be the first one to admit, I I was never the most courageous kid. Um, I do like my routines and my patterns, and I think that's one reason I've tried to do some of this, is I want to make sure that I can learn something new from these new adventures mm-hmm. and hopefully apply that to future works. I think you learn from, from everything you produce um, creatively. The the stories I wrote 10 years ago, I'm, if I went back and looked at them now, I'm sure I'd be like, oh, these are, you know, <laughs> these aren't that good. I could have done this better. I could have that, done that better. But at that point in my, in my life, mm-hmm. I did the best work I could with what I knew and what I had learned at the time. Right. And those provided a stepping stone to learn more and to be better and to continue my journey. Thank you. You're so inspiring. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate our conversation. All righty. So what's next? We know one's coming out in a month or so. What's after that? I have a couple different ideas. Um, I actually have some ideas for uh, potentially a rever- uh, reversion, <laughs> a new version of a second story for The Devil Inside. I've got about a page and a half of notes for that. I also have some notes and ideas written down for uh, a follow-up to Stoneheart, uh, even though that's not out yet. I've been a little surprised because sometimes I struggle with ideas for a second book, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. But this one, I was like, I I think I know where I want to go with my main character and her next step. And then I had one other project that I'm contemplating. I had... Even before Shadow King came out, I had worked on a fantasy story that I tried to force to be a trilogy, and I don't think it was meant to be one. (laughs) Um, And the more I tried to force it to be what it wasn't, the more it didn't work and the more frustrated I got. And I literally have, I think the only copy I have left is a single printout that I have stashed in a box under my desk. (laughs) And this was probably no exaggeration about 15 years ago that I worked on this. Oh, my. 
and it just I was so frustrated with it. I'm like, I, I don't even want to look at this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that lately as I've been thinking about new ideas, I've kind of been going back to that and going, oh. knowing what I know now about it, what I've learned, and and how I how I move through my own writing process, it might be time to revisit that. I love that. Never throw anything away. No, no. Yeah, definitely always keep some sort of tickler file or whatever, even if it's just a page of random notes. Yep. Um, You never know when you might go back to it and be like, oh, I remember when I did that. Oh, I could do this with it now or that with it now. Mm -hmm. And, And maybe it's the right time now to work on something when it wasn't the right time back then. Oh my gosh, you're leaving us with a cliffhanger. We'll just have to see after Stone <laughs> after Stoneheart comes out, what's next? We'll go dun dun dun. <laughs> oh my friend, how about this? Anything that we missed that you wanted to highlight before we begin to wrap up? Um, I would I did find out one bit of good news this morning. Yes. Um the devil inside won two awards with the Next Generation Indie Book Awards, and I just found out this morning. <laughs> it was a, I received a finalist award for uh, e-books, and it won the paranormal category. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Thank you. It was a great way to start the day to find that out. <laughs> I got goosebumps. That's so fun. That's so good. It just spurs you on. All right. Well, why don't you then share any contact information where folks can find out more about you, where they can get copies of your books, wherever you want to take us. Let us know. Sure. Um, My books are all available on Amazon um, and they are certainly accessible by by bookstores. Um, It might vary from store to store whether or not you find them on the shelf, but you can certainly ask for them there if you'd prefer to go to your local bookshop and shop online. Uh, my website is uh, www.susankhamilton.com. I try and keep that as updated as I can, although I'm not perfect at that. Um, I do have a page there. If anyone is interested in my newsletter, you can sign up. I send out one about every month or so um, when there's something interesting. I promise I don't spam anybody with anything. And I am on uh, Twitter at at Real SK Hamilton. And that's probably the best place on social to find me. Uh, I am on Facebook. It's backslash Hamilton Susan K. But I have to admit, I'm a little better at staying up to date on Twitter than I am on that Facebook page. <laughs> me too. I prefer Twitter to any of them, actually. Well, it's the point where there's, there's only so much time in the day. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes if I have to pick one, sometimes Twitter's a little easier to do. So... <laughs> I get it. I'm right there with you. All righty. So we're speaking with Susan Hamilton. The Firebird Book Award winning title is The Devil Inside. And her website is SusanKHamilton.com. We are awaiting Stoneheart to drop any time now. And so we'll keep our eyes on you and on your website. Thank you so much for taking the time to share you, your book, your work, your life with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was, it was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> 